0: Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens.
1: Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter and Jace. Here we go, episode number 11 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. want to thank everybody for tuning in. Episode number 11, we got Max on the call right now, who's chilling out in the super far Midwest right now. Max, what's going on? Nothing
0: much, Peter. Chilling at Great Wolf Lodge for the next couple of weeks, working on the road with my dad. So I'll be hitting up some different states, but I couldn't miss the podcast, so I'm here.
1: Coming to a state near you. That's right. Uh, shout out PZ from the ATL. He's uh, going on the trip with Max, and they're circling all over the country. So installing some uh, some child protective guardrails on the
2: bunk beds. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Where else? Uh, what other states you guys plan on hitting? Uh, we're gonna go from here to Traverse City,
0: Michigan, and then to Sandusky, Ohio. O-H. oh I-O. Ohio. And then uh, we're going to Kansas City, Missouri. Sweet man. That's you gonna
2: you gotta check out the dragster while you're in uh, Sandusky mm-hmm. Old Cedar Point? Maybe it depends on the weather. I'm, I'm hoping for some snow. Oh, that's <laughs> so true weird. that's true. I'm too far removed uh, from the Midwest, man. I always like forget what season it is out here in Arizona. It's now at the time where it's just you know 70 degrees outside yeah. every day. I don't know what month it is.
1: Speaking about that, we got Chase holding it down out west, and I hear there's a football game
2: out there on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Cardinals Packers. Yeah, Cardinals Packers should be, uh, well, we'll see what happens. We got all, uh, well, I think we'll cover that in the reports, but we got some missing players. Oh, yes, we do. Uh,
1: without any further ado, we're going to get into the episode. Uh, no more digressing. We got a big show, we don't have time for that anymore. Big show today. We have reports from around the room. We have boom bust. We have a little new segment, two new segments today, actually, we have our rebuilder special where we're going to be targeting some younger players that we really think have potential to break out over the rest of the year, as well as next year. Uh, For those rebuilding teams out there, we have hit and miss of the week. Uh, And then we have a quote from a fellow monarch. But before we get into reports from around the realm, we at the Dynasty Monarchy are extremely proud to be sponsored by Game Day Liner. Spice up your tailgate this season with the original turf truck bed liner. Sport your team, company or custom logo in their handmade vehicle liners. Designed and crafted in the USA. Perfect for tailgates, gyms, home office, or wherever you want to rep your favorite logo. Each product is pet, party, and waterproof. Visit gamedayliner.com and use the discount code DYNASTY21 to score 15% off your custom liner. That's code DYNASTY21 at gamedayliner.com to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner. Perfect for tailgating season, which is in full swing at this moment.
2: That's right. First sponsor, feeling like big boys today.
1: Absolutely. The first, you know, it's always hardest to get your first. They always say that about the NFL with wins and podcasters with sponsors. So, congratulations, boys.
2: Yeah, no, feels good. And, you know, just another side note uh, the guy who runs this company is a really good friend of mine uh, named Jimmy Day, but go check out Game Day Liners. Um, they're really cool. You don't have to, uh, have a truck just to get one of these things. Like he said, they make doormats. Uh, they make them for Jeeps, different SUVs. So they can do uh, pretty much anything you want over there. So go check them out and use our discount code.
1: And the nice thing about it is, is it's a small enough business where you're going to be able to talk to a real person and not a, you know, some chat call over in China where you have no idea who they are. <laughs> it's small enough where you're going to be talking to the owner and being able to custom fit something for yourself. And remember, visit the, the website website, gamedayliner.com it's code dynasty21 to get 15% off your very own turf truck bed liner
2: that's right all right
1: so we're going to get into our reports from around the realm section this week a lot of a lot of news out there floating around we'll get to uh three discussion points today we received three letters uh, the first one was from a Mr. Adam Schefter that broke around lunchtime. Very sad news. Uh, Devontae Adams, as well as Alan Lazard, will likely be missing Thursday night football against Arizona. I'm sorry, Jason. I know you wanted to see Devontae play live. Yeah, uh, are you guys putting any stock into kind of streaming Valdez Scantling or Randall Cobb this week? Uh, and then beyond this, we'll we'll move later into the episode with talking about other Green Bay assets as well.
0: Yeah, I guess I'll kick us off here. I don't know. I mean, when you look at the Arizona defense, they're a very fierce defense. They are the number one fantasy ranked defense right now. They don't allow many fantasy points to like opposing wide receivers as it is with Buda Baker, JJ. Watt. I think Chandler Jones might be back this week as well. So when you take all that into account and just how bad AJ Dillon looked and we'll get into Aaron Jones later in the episode, but I just don't like think I'm going to start a play. I, got- I said this last week with the Ernest Johnson and I guess it butt- bit me in the butt, but, uh, Starting a play on Thursday night is very—it's hit or miss, and if you miss, it's just—it's tough to move forward with your week if you have a just a bad dud in there. So I wouldn't start Randall Cobb or MBS.
2: Yeah, I think um, either one of them, if you're playing DFS, would be great options because you know they're probably going to be dirt cheap. Um, the biggest one that I would be going after right now is probably Robert Tunyon. If you can get a hold of him for some kind of cheap price um like today I, I flipped jameson crowder into pat Fryermuth. something you know trade a depth piece over there for uh robert Tunyon because he really hasn't been doing anything this year i think that'd be a great one just because you know Devonte' his target share if that thing's gone the targets have to go somewhere um and i just i don't see you know mvs or Randall kyle blocking down a 25 plus percent target share i think it's going to be well spread out and Tunyon last year was as good as it came for uh, getting a touchdown. So he'd be my target. The other ones are just deep, deep, deep leagues or just mostly DFS plays.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jace. And by the way, just for the audience at home, that Jameson for Friarmouth, that was in a redraft league, correct? Yes, yeah, redraft league. Yep, yeah, should have clarified. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, who do I got to hit up for that? <laughs> yeah, was- no, yeah, yeah, excuse me. No, but uh, I, I'm 100% with Jace on this. I think it is time that we get completely infatuated with Robert Tunyon again, and then he lets everybody down. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's what this week's going to be. It's, it's the little – got to be a day trader with Robert Tunyon and Dynasty. You can't be a, a long holder. He's not a blue chip stock. So that's right. when it comes to Tunyon this week, it's the perfect opportunity for him to, you know, three catches and a touchdown – for like 40 yards uh, and then he'll be like the tight end four on the week. People start buying in again and then, you know, sell them for a nice profit. All about those windows. All about That's the right. windows. All right. Anything else before we move on to the second note we received?
0: Yeah. Real quick here. I, uh, we talk about sports betting a little bit, and we did a uh, episode 10 B, but Robert Tunyon's plus 200 to score any time touchdown on Thursday night. And I feel like those are pretty good odds.
2: Definitely. And Aaron Definitely. Jones,
0: minus 110, and, like, I feel like if we're going to be in the game, Aaron Jones is going to score a touchdown, so. Absolutely. Yeah, let that
2: let that be a little teaser for a stat that I got a little bit later on for Mr. Aaron Jones, for all you player proper's out there.
1: Absolutely. All right, moving into our second report re- we received. Both Zach Wilson and Justin Fields are presenting great by-low windows right now with their 2021 struggles, especially with Wilson – having a pcl sprain strain sprain one of the two uh (laughs) i'm the struggling jets fan so i should probably know that uh the jets uh fans on twitter have actually been calling it we're in pc hell right now (laughs) (laughs) this is a friendly show peter we're in pc double hockey sticks right now there we go uh So looking at the 2022 class of quarterbacks, it's going to be led by an above average quarterback at Ole Miss named Matt Corral or Corral and two guys who are borderline who are at borderline FCS schools in Liberty's Malik Willis and uh, Nevada's Carson strong. Would you be willing to send your 2022 first round picks plus for the struggling rookies in Zach Wilson and Justin Fields? If so, which one would you prefer?
0: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think we're only going to send first away if it's like for a super flex league, I feel like you're not going to trade a first round pick in a one quarterback league, especially for two guys that are struggling right now, but in a super flex league, I would feel comfortable sending, um, my 22 first and even more, um, to get either one of them. I think I'd probably rather have Zach Wilson just because I just feel like they're going to trust him long-term and like. I feel like he does have the talent and the arm strength, whereas Justin Fields, like everyone's like, I don't know. I don't like the system. I don't like Matt Nagy. I I hope you can prove us wrong with the Ohio State quarterback narrative, but I would rather have Justin Fields. No, well, now, now, (laughs) the Ohio bias. Oh my gosh, I'd rather have Zach
2: Wilson. (laughs) Yeah, I think I I feel the the same exact way. I'm only sending those first over in a super flex, but. Yeah, it's a tough decision between the two. Um I think earlier I was leaning leaning on Zach Wilson kind of like Max, but I like I don't know how like Fields does not look good out there. He looks immature when I've been able to watch him, but his athletic profile and just maybe if he got on track with some other coach that can, you know, call something different than 5-yard flat throws like all the game, like they're not moving the ball at all down the field and I just, I would bank on his athletic profile over Zach Wilson and the jets. I think. Yeah, both arguments are
1: completely valid. And I always try to put my biases in the forefront for everybody to hear and take into account. I'm a very big jets fan. I would rather have Wilson because when I see him play, there are some undeniable aspects of his game. Uh, and again, uh, Wilson is young. Justin Fields is young. They're going to have a lot of time to grow and develop into the the players that they're going to be. But I just see Wilson in a better state. I think the team is in for a better future than the Bears are. The Bears have a very terrible offensive line with aging receivers, and that defense is getting so old. I feel like the Bears are going to be into a full rebuild within the next year. Uh, And I think the Jets are in the rebuild right now. So that's kind of why I like Wilson's timeline a little bit more. And I've seen at least one or two games where he looks
2: undeniably talented, where I haven't seen that for Justin Fields yet. I think you, what you just said right there is what I wanted to say, but you said it a thousand times better right there with how I was originally feeling with Zach Wilson. I just like, love that. He's got Elijah Moore there. I love that. He's got Michael Carter there. They got a lot of young dudes there um, and a lot of, Like, Jameson Crowder is a great vet for Elijah Moore to be around. Like, that guy's been such an amazing slot receiver his entire career, and you don't think uh, Elijah can learn anything from that? Like, he's going to. And um, I like Sala over there, too, coming from that, you know, Shanahan, San Francisco-style offense. But at the end of the day, like, I I think we forget how much Justin Fields can run, but, like, he still does have that rushing upside, which kind of just takes him a little bit over the edge for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, everybody's going to have their own differing opinion. I am willing to definitely move a 2022 first for Mr. Zach Wilson. I would probably move like a 2022 first plus Antonio Brown or something like an aging contender receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if somebody's holding him who's a, a rebuilder, I would probably even be comfortable sending a first and a second, my 2022 first and 2022 second, uh, just to try to push him over the edge.
2: Yeah, and Superflex, 100%. That is, those are deals I would definitely be, uh, be willing to send out. Peter, start sending me some offers. I have Zach Wilson. Well, I
1: don't have a pick till 2024 in the Superflex League. And, you know, everybody thinks those are worthless, but all you got to do is be patient. Remember, if people are willing to throw out 2024 picks, take as many as you want. Mm-hmm. That's right. Little, little extra tip of advice. Uh, and we got our third report. Really quick before we get in, anybody else? Final comments? Not Um, on that one. All right. Our third report is probably my favorite report. We'll be pretty quick with it because there's no real news. You know, uh, I'm looking at the piece of paper right now, and it just says two words, and it says
2: Deshaun Watson. Thoughts? (laughs) I... I don't know, like, what's going on with this guy. I've seen so many different rumors pop up on my phone. Who's contending for him? Who's not contending for him? I guess Darnold's on the hot seat in Carolina now might get involved in a trade for Deshaun. Like, at this point, it's so mixed up. You can't even, you know, like, I felt like for a while it was the Broncos or the Dolphins. So it was kind of like, yeah, you know, grab some guys off of those teams and, you know, get your free scratch off in case the Sean Watson finds his way over there. But now it's so many teams, like I don't know who to trade for who to watch out for. So I'm honestly just staying out of the whole situation, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I'm like kind of the opposite. I, I like to take the lottery chance. I like to get the scratch off. I think that in a super mystery box,
2: team, give him
1: the loot
0: box. It is. It's a good mystery box. And it's like, I'll spin that box 10 times till I get the ray gun, And then fire sales happen. I feel like this is a really good fire sale. I feel like, obviously, for an owner to sell him right now in a Superflex league or even a single quarterback league, it's going to be hard because everyone thinks he's going to be traded. There's been all these rumors and everything. And I think if he gets traded, he'll play. Like, they came out today and said he's not going to be on the commissioner's exempt list and stuff like that. So it's like, I think the Texans just don't want to play him, obviously, because he's the fifth-string quarterback. But I think he's worth the risk. And I would be trying to get DJ Moore. I'd be trying to get Cortland Sutton. I'd be trying to get Jerry Judy. Jalen Waddle who's looked great with two, I'd be trying to get him in Case Watson goes there. So like I I would really be trying to look in the articles, looking in the news, and I'd be trying to get those those
2: players. I think a lot of those guys you you mentioned too, just um the Broncos guys, Jalen Waddle, these are all kind of guys in a dynasty format that I love anyways. Yeah. Um like Deshaun Watson going over there would just be the cherry on top, but Honestly, those are guys I'm willing to go get right now anyways. Jalen Waddell being one of them, of course, I think that kid is so electric. And if he could get his um, average depth of target, you know, a little further down the field than when two is just dumping it to him all over the place, like he could be a, a fully unlocked freak of nature, that kid.
1: Yeah, I, I'm in 100% agreeance right now. I love Watson. I think he's a great player. But the only problem is that risk. And I don't think that these owners, and obviously this is a very overarching term, uh, every owner's could be different, so you might as well uh, take the risk and send out a deal. But I think the owners understand that he is going to come back at some time, whether it's this year or the next year or whatever. And they realize the second he comes back, he is worth a million times more than if he doesn't. Right. so if i'm an owner of him i'd be willing to hold and wait for the news no matter what and yeah. it would be hard for me to move off of him so you know super flex league or even a single quarterback you're gonna to have to make the deal pretty sweet yeah, yeah. and I'd, i mean if, if he doesn't ahead.
0: get traded i mean let's say he doesn't get traded i think owners are going to be very discouraged and i mean we'll have a new episode out next wednesday so the trade deadline will have passed by then so it's like this is like your episode you know and if he doesn't get traded Go out and offer a first form or a second, like whatever you could get. Like, try to lowball the guy, be like, you know, it doesn't he look will like will be
1: traded player. before the NFL draft, April 28th to 30th. The boys will be in Las Vegas for it. So, wow, yeah, Dynasty Monarchy reporting live from the NFL draft. That's the mm-hmm. only way to do it. Yeah, we're getting our press badges and everything. You're listening to a legitimate fantasy podcast. Yeah, that's right. Sponsors, draft, or <laughs> I'm going to take a picture with the, uh, the press badge so many times it's going to be obnoxious. So moving forward, we're going to get into my favorite segment of the week, boom, bust. Uh, but before we get into that, I did want to plug the Twitter. It is at dynasty monarchy uh, over there. You can DM us, tweet at us, follow us for fantasy advice. All of our own personal handles are in the bio as well. Give us a follow, win some leagues, rule forever, rule your league. Figure it out on Twitter with us. And then beyond that, we would really appreciate it if you could like, subscribe, follow, do whatever you can to support us on both Apple and Spotify podcast. It is greatly appreciated. Love all the great feedback we're hearing from you guys. Without Mm -hmm. further ado, we're going to get into Boomer Bust. And I'm feeling really bold today. So I'm just going to pick somebody. We're going to start. We're going to start with Jace.
0: That's not right.
1: That was random.
0: That is not random.
1: I did Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Moe on the Zoom. What did you do? My mother said to pick <laughs> the one. and you are it. And I said, and you are definitely not on the Polar Express. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, all right. I, I guess I'll kick us off, biased choice or not. But um, I got Jonathan Taylor as my Boom of the Week here. Um. He went crazy this week and he's been doing that for the last four weeks. So Jonathan Taylor this week, um, played 69% of the snaps rushed 18 times for, well, that sounded weird. 18 times for 107 yards, 5.94 yards per carry, uh, one touchdown and then caught all three of his targets for three yards. um, Basically, like I think it's happening. I think the transition from a split backfield between him and Naheem Hines or uh, Naanum Hines—that uh, is what we like no, to no, call no, him no, here. No, 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 no. Yep, because he's usually eating up all those uh, the the passing game work. But it doesn't look like it's happening right now. Um, over the last four weeks, Jonathan Taylor has averaged uh, almost 16 carries a game, um, three targets a game, and two and a half catches per game. Uh, Nom nom Hines. Uh, The first three weeks of the season was averaging 46% of the snaps in the last four. He's averaging 30% of the snaps. So I think the takeover is happening. I think um, Taylor's going to turn into that second half beast that he was last season. Um, His next three games are Tennessee, the jets and Jacksonville. Two of those games uh, actually, excuse me. All three of those games are at home too. Um, So I think the window to buy is about to close up. Um, If it hasn't already, it's going to close up in one of these next three games. So you better go out and get them right now. Um, From a dynasty perspective, the kid's still 22 years old. Um, So just as dynasty running backs go, the top of the list for me is uh, Najee and Jonathan Taylor at this point. Um, So if you can go get them at any cost, I go out and get them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you brought up a lot of good points there. I feel like you talk on, like, his window's about to close. I feel like his window's been closed. Like, he's one of those assets in Dynasty where it's, like, if you own Jonathan Taylor, like, you're not going to sell him for cheap, even if, like, he struggled the first couple weeks. Like, he is so young, and he's on, like, the best offensive line in football. And that's where, like, I differentiate him and Najee Harris because Najee's got a bad offensive line one. He's got an aging quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger who will probably be done after this year. And then you look at Jonathan Taylor, who Carson Wentz has been playing very great ball. He's been getting the snap percentages. He's been getting passing game work. He has the best offensive line of football and he's so young. Like to me, like I think he might be dynasty asset number one for me.
2: Yeah, I think like I think that's completely fair and valid. And I think all off season that was the case for a lot of people until like up until Najee got drafted, but even after the fact, I think there were a lot of people still banging the drum, uh the drum for JT. I'll
0: ask a question, then Peter can go. But would you guys rather have Jonathan Taylor or Jamar Chase?
1: Jonathan Taylor. Gimme Taylor, but it's uh it's a sad Gimme Taylor because I yeah, still what's ch- sad. I, I see
2: Chase. When he puts <laughs> up every week, man. It's insane. It sickens me. Yeah, when he's driving in that Lambo, zipping past our polar express. yeah, oh yeah yeah, I'll take the positional scarcity of um, of running back. And I think not too long ago, I talked about how uh, Naheem Hines... Did he just sign a new contract, actually? He did. Yeah, okay. I think I remembered in one of the previous episodes, we were talking about how he might be out on contract pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I think I remember him signing. So um, yeah, the trends are just going the right way. I think the only key to... Um, success for him was nom nom getting out of the passing game. And that looks to be like it's happening. Um, Jonathan Taylor over the last four weeks too, his snaps have gone up each and every week. So 51 in week four, 52 in week five, in week six, 65%. And then this latest week, I mentioned 69% of the snaps. So if he can start to get in like that 70 to 75% territory, like some of these like Christian McCaffrey guys, um, Dalvin cooks and stuff, Ezekiel Elliott's, I mean, they're in
0: like it's the 80s though, honestly.
2: Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. I just think he just needs a handful more. Like, if he got their full workload, I think he'd be by far and away the best running back um, in fantasy.
0: Peter, any comments, or can uh, should I move on to my full workload running back?
1: Uh, I, I just feel like we talk about Jonathan Taylor a lot, obviously, because he's such a great dynasty asset, and – What I would say has already been said in a million episodes, he is going to be impossible to get off of whoever's holding him right now. Uh, And it's just sad that people are scared to trade. Yeah. You could be given a guy like, you know, let's just say like for trade calculator, just so that we can uh, like quantify it. You could give a guy like a 10% better deal, Mm -hmm. which is like league altering like 1% is is like very good or 2% or 3%. You could give a guy a legitimate 10% benefit and he'd still probably turn it down. Mm -hmm.
0: So I have a a weird trade proposal before we move on. Okay. Okay. Um, Would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or JK Dobbins, Travis Etienne, and
2: Michael Pittman jr.? Oh, dang, dude, that's kind of tough. Um, Cause that's like really good depth. But yeah, uh, so I'll take I'll take the depth. Like Dobbins will be back next
1: year, and it's just an ACL. And I know that's scary to say it, that it's just an ACL, but like all these running backs always find a way to come back looking good after the ACL injury. You get another depth back in uh, ETN. ETN. You get another depth back in ETN who's a complete pass catcher and is going to mm-hmm. rack up all those points. Plus, you get an emerging star in Pittman.
2: Yeah, I go with the depth, too. I was going to say another trade that I had in my head. Would you be willing to pay Jamar Chase and Chase Edmonds for Jonathan Taylor? Um, Can you no. guys still hear me? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry, my my internet at the Great Love Lodge is, is a little spotty right now. Oh,
2: no. You but,
0: sound uh, fine. That's that sounds great. But uh the question was Jamar Chase and Chase Edmonds for Jonathan Taylor? Yes. Oh, I would take uh Jamar Chase and Chase Edmonds.
2: Would okay, okay.
0: I, I probably will I I what Jamar Chase is doing through seven games and yeah. how many receiving yards and touchdowns he has. As a rookie. As a rookie and receivers, their shelf life is so much longer than running backs, and I get the scarcity at running back, but you get Edmonds yeah. in there who I think is like a one or two year rental. But I just think Jamar Chase is like he's he's so 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 good.
2: Yeah. Personally, I would take the J T side, to be honest. I just I think you're getting the better player with a just because of the positional scarcity and what he's been able to do at the end of last season, what he's on trend to do right now. Well, I'll like, take J T, but side. I get your argument too. Like Chase is gonna be elite for
0: well, six seven I mean, we got to see him do it every year. God given, you know, but
2: mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, the I, I like Chase is going crazy. I do. And I'm not going to sit here and act like he's not, but I will say T Higgins did out target him this week. Um, and that's pretty much been the case when they both been on the field and T's fully healthy. So I'm still a little hesitant on, you know, Chase keeping up something like this, like, this is the only thing people have seen for the entire season, so it's hard to, like, see anything else. But I I do worry about him coming crashing down to earth once, you know, T. Higgins gets full in, uh, fully involved in this offense. But that could be yeah, very man. unpopular. So, Hey, look,
1: everybody's got their own opinions, and they're all valid until they're proven wrong.
2: That's right. Yeah, I've all been right. proven wrong to this this point, but, you know, we got a lot of season left.
1: We do. We one hundred percent do. All right. So Max, we're gonna move into your boom.
0: Yeah, I teased at it a little bit, but uh, my workload running back is Alvin Kamara, and I was there's a couple guys that boom this week, but I feel like Alvin Kamara's had a very roller coaster like season. He had a lot of highs. He started off a little rough, and then he had a two touchdown um, performance before the bye week. Went into the bye week, and that's obviously tough to have a bye week so early, and then came back and just. Shredded the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I don't know if you follow Jace on Twitter, but he was tweeting before the game about how the Seahawks have given up like seven catches to running backs over the past like couple weeks, and then Alvin Kamara had seven catches in the first half. It might, it might have been eight, even. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: his just his pass catching ability. And I get he's a 26 year old running back, and for me, as you guys all know, that kind of scares me. But I just feel like the touches he's had in his career and. Like he didn't play that much at Tennessee. He came into the NFL. He was split in time with Mark Ingram there for a little bit. And he's never been like this guy that's going to get you like 40 touches like Derrick Henry does a week. He's a guy that gets 20 to 25 touches and makes the most out of them because he's so elusive. He can stay on his feet. He has great balance. He's just an all-around tremendous athlete. And I really feel like Jameis isn't a bad quarterback. I think he's in a good offense. I could go on forever about Alvin Kamara, but <laughs> he is my boom in the week 100%. And I know Peter would agree because Peter
1: loves Camara. how can you not? Like, I'm sorry, Chase. I'm gonna steal. I'm gonna steal for two seconds before no, we got get it. to you. You got it. I, I was very big on oven Camara before the year. I felt like I had way too many shares of him. So I think in like two leagues, I traded him. Uh, I got pretty good value back, but I am definitely regretting it to a degree right now. He is going to get completely unlocked the rest of the year. I think Sean Payton obviously is a great head coach. You know, my same argument for Mark Andrews. Uh, great head coach realizes that it's not going to be about taking these deep shots anymore just have Jameis dump it down a Camara in space. Uh, the only thing that I will say that is looking a little scary for him is the return of Michael Thomas. But who knows? Maybe that'll just open up the field for him even more.
2: Yeah, that's one thing I definitely wanted to bring up. I think Michael Thomas is actually going to help him out a little bit. Um, I just think the defenses, like, while he's been effective, it's a lot easier for defenses to just key on him. He's literally the only um, offensive weapon they have in that offense But uh, right now. But another thing I wanted to bring up, um, in Alvin Kamara's four-year career, um, excluding this year, he'd only been over 20 carries one time his whole career this season alone he's been over 20 carries four times so you're actually seeing like the full unlocking of alvin kamara this year um getting both the rushing work and the receiving work so um i think if he keeps these rushing attempts up um and stays efficient in the passing game like he's always been like he's that top three option that we've i mean come into this year that's what he was um And I also forget that, like, he's 26 right now. He's always kind of felt a little bit older to me. Um, But looking at all these carries, he's probably even, like, younger than 26, quote-unquote, just because he's never been over 20 carries more than once in his whole career up till now. So, I like, he just looks amazing, and he's set up. It's him and Michael Thomas in that offense, and who knows what Thomas is even going to look like when he gets back. So, it's his offense. They're using him, and – yeah, he, he's phenomenal.
1: Peter, who was your boom of the week? My boom of the week is Mr. Mike Evans. He had an incredible week against the Bears, but you know what? Who on that offense didn't, to be honest? You, you look and the big stat that popped out at me besides the three touchdowns was his five end zone targets. That is literally absurd. Uh, Tom Brady is a force feeding animal he when he like finds a target he will fixate on that target for the rest of the game that's why the receivers in uh in tampa bay are so volatile at times you know chris godwin will put up six but then i'll put up 25 he'll put up like 15 then i'll put up like five or six when tom finds his target he finds that man for the rest of the game uh, and with no gronk around mike evans had the. Majority of those red zone targets, uh, I saw Cameron break it targeted a couple times, but both the, all those plays got uh, got knocked down. He had six receptions, ten targets, seventy six yards. Now this is something that I'm going to say here. Obviously, Mike Evans is a great receiver, thousand yard receiver every single year he's been in the league. It's time to sell Mike Evans if it's if it's me. Totally, agree. I see. I see all those end zone targets. Gronk's to be coming back. He's going to get another year older. People from his draft class are borderline irrelevant at this point, like Odell Beckham. The wheels are going to start. I know, the Odell Beckham hate (laughs) doesn't stop. No, this is terrible. But the wheels will start falling off. Uh, Tom Brady, as much as I think he's going to be able to keep this up next year, you just never know if he's going to retire at the end of the year, what he's going to find himself doing. It's a great sell time for Mr. Mike Evans. So what are you looking for if you're selling him, Peter? Uh, what position am I in? Am I contending? Am I in the middle or am I uh, like rebuilding?
0: You're in a rebuild because this is a rebuild special show.
1: Rebuild special. Then it will be definitely 2023 first. I'd love two 2023 firsts if I could get those, uh, especially because people are going to be a little bit more liberal with handing them out because they're, you know, quote unquote, so far away. If somebody who's a contender has a lot of future first round picks, I'd try to go get those. Uh, If not, I'd be looking for somebody like, I feel like I would do Jerry Judy plus a little bit extra. That would be a great one to find. Like if Mm -hmm. I could get Judy plus a little, or uh, I really don't know who else, like any of those second year wide receivers that have kind of found their way, like maybe I could do even DJ more straight since he's looked pretty like average the last
2: couple of weeks. That might, that might be tough to get, but if that's something you could pull off, definitely someone like I think is a good throw in piece. If you're, if you're doing a lot of draft picks is Darnell Mooney. I think um, Darnell Mooney would be a great throw in piece. Um, hopefully we see Alan Robinson find himself on a different team next season and uh, Darnell could be the number one over there in Chicago. And I think he's got the, the tools to do it. He, uh, him and Jerry Judy actually rhyme, uh, remind me a lot of each other. I think they're just extremely uh, well-versed in their route running, extremely explosive. They can go get the big ball. Um, they can catch a ball f- five yards out and make things happen. So he's someone that I think's dirt cheap that you could probably get thrown in on top of like a 2022 20, yeah. first, a 23 first. And maybe you could be like, I don't know, Evan's target share has been so high, yada, yada, yada. A lot of multi-touchdown games. See if you could get Mooney thrown in on top.
1: Really quick before Max hops in, uh something that I will say, you know, I can hear our listener right now being like, Oh, but Jace, you know, if A Rob leaves, they're definitely gonna draft a wide receiver.
2: I don't know. They man. don't they don't they have their first, first. Round pick. They don't have oh, their first true. round pick. That's the Justin true. Fields
1: trade. So and I doubt that they're gonna waste a second round pick on a def on a like a wide receiver when that defense is completely deteriorating as well as the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So you know, you got to think about the the game within the game, what these teams are actually going to do with their roster construction. Uh, I think Darnell Mooney's a great, great, great buy because he will probably be the one there next year. hmm I would
2: agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, Darnell Mooney exposed Jalen Ramsey. Gets called Jalen Ramsey's dad, but you know who needs to go is Matt Nagy there. So, yeah. Enough Bears talk, but I wanted to I wanted to get your guys' opinion on a little trade that happened in the NFL, okay. um, and it was. The Buccaneers got Tom Brady's six hundredth touchdown ball returned back that Mike Evans gave away.
2: Okay. And
0: in return, the fan got two signed jerseys and helmet from Tom Brady, one signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats, one thousand dollars to the Bucks team store, two season tickets for the twenty twenty one and oh. twenty to- twenty two season, and one Bitcoin. Who do Oh Yeah. I, I Golly. Like, when if when it first came out and everything, and I think it was just like a thousand dollars to the gift store, and then Tom Brady will hook him up with a few things. I was like, wow, this fan got like ripped off. Like that ball could go for easily a million dollars. But I feel like two signed jerseys from Tom Brady is a lot of money. Game used cleats from Mike Evans that are signed. And a Mike worth- Evans
1: jersey. Used Mike Bitcoin. Evans jersey from that game.
0: A bitcoin's worth seventy thousand dollars right now, season tickets.
2: that's a haul. I think that's a King's ransom. I think, uh, the guy who had the ball definitely sold high on that opportunity. That's a pretty good haul, man. You, you sell me on that in a heartbeat. I'm not too sure. I just, you would have said, Nope,
0: Tom can't have a 600 touchdown ball back.
1: Well, no, I would say, I would say I was listening to rich, rich Eisen today, which I do very infrequently, but he's a frustrated jets fan. So I relate to him. Uh, (laughs) I was listening to him, and they had a uh, like one of those antiquers or like you know these guys that like estimate the value of stuff. They said at auction, it probably would have went for four hundred thousand dollars. I think it would have went for more than that. For, he said, like a conservative estimate was four hundred thousand, right? So you look and you say, quarterbacks ever thrown six hundred touchdowns? Though. Exactly. So you say to yourself, okay, a Bitcoin seventy thousand dollars. The team store money a thousand dollars. The team stores irrelevant. Right. Yes. Season tickets are nice, but those let's eventually say eventually
2: Brady retires next year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> those eventually become nothing and worthless. Right. And then you're, you get, obviously get like Tom Brady signed Jersey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But that's not going to come out to the equivalent value. I would say to the team, and by the way, I didn't even get the Bitcoin until Tom Brady like did a sponsorship deal with his like, crypto <laughs> thing. Like, <laughs> He wasn't even going to get that in the first place. I would have held out for a little bit more, but I definitely would have reached an agreement and given the ball back. You can't hold on to that. That's yeah. That's a part yeah. of NFL history.
2: He, he should have just happened. asked for uh, Tom's personal phone number. That's all he should have asked for. Just let me get that's your digits. Right. Let you know. Maybe he's got a kid, you know, playing that pee wee football, some Pop Warner football, and you know, private needs a couple end of it. yeah, exactly, exactly. Jace knows
1: all about the private instruction.
2: That's right, man. Made a career off it in college.
0: <laughs> no, that—that's all I have for the Mike Evans, and we can snake back around to you, Peter.
1: Uh, oh, you know I love the snake. Oh. Uh, but we're gonna snake back to a mini rant from Peter, just probably a minute or less. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, my absolute bust of the week. I think he had one catch for like seven yards. Next bust of the year, Peter. Bust of the year, 100%. Him and Allen
2: Robinson, dude.
1: Yep, absolutely. Third-round wide receivers just stunk, stinking the place up. But I will say this. If you have Brandon Ayuk on your bench, which he should be, you should never be starting. If you have him on your bench, there is absolutely zero point in selling right now. I just want every owner out there to hear that. You are going to get virtually nothing for this guy ride them to zero. I would rather ride them to zero than sell them low right now. When you look in the grand scheme of things, the 49ers have a lot of looking in the mirror to do this season. Uh, And I think a lot of that will be attributed to their terrible passing offense that they've had. Debo has just been a target hog. No, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is looking nowhere else. Trey Lance is looking nowhere else virtually. They're gonna figure something out, and his skill is completely, completely, completely undeniable. Am I comfortable trading for him right now? Absolutely not. But am I comfortable holding on to him? Absolutely. I don't know. We we talk
0: we talk on windows so often. And I feel like it's just such a good opportunity to buy him right now. Like if you believe in the skill set, like I do. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm yawning. Um, but if you believe in the skill set, like I do, I just I really feel like you're getting him at such a low value in the off season. The guy was literally going for like two firsts and like, and like young talent, like the guy I got Noah fan and Deontay Johnson for, um, Brandon, Ayuk this off season. I, I still thought I was selling low just because the connection with Trey Lance and everything. So I think if you can get him for a second, or if you have an owner panicking out there, it, it's worth the shot. It's worth the shot in
2: the dark. Yeah. It's, you know, this past week was extremely tough because he was coming off the buy, and at least I was thinking, you know, coming out of the buy, maybe he gets out of the doghouse. Shanahan finds some ways to get him the ball in his hands. Still no George Kittle, um, but no man—it's the Debo show out there, and that's about it. Them and the running backs. So, um, yeah, it's tough. I think this is low as his stock's going to get, but like we saw with Dante Pettis not too long ago—if you hit—if you get in that doghouse, like there's a good chance you're not coming out. So. It's, true. it's so risky, and, like, I don't know if anyone knows how to feel about it, but I will give him this. His schedule coming up, the Niners' schedule is, like, ridiculous for wide receivers. So he's got Chicago, pretty solid. Arizona, that's a great one. Uh, High-scoring affair, possibly. The Rams, they've been all right to wide receivers. Then Jacksonville, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Uh, and then they finish with the Rams, so the schedule's there for him. But like I, I just like I don't know if he's ever going to find his way out of the doghouse here. Yeah, I really
0: like that Dante Pettis analogy, or example because it, it is true. I, it's a very, very, very good example. But Dante Pettis just scored a touchdown this week in New York. So <laughs> yeah, right. there's this always true.
1: Yeah, but you know we don't have to elaborate anymore. He's
2: absolutely stinky right now. He yeah. reeks. Well, also too, I think one thing that people are forgetting this season because Debo's dominating. Remember how injury-prone we were labeling him before the season. Like we, like I said earlier, there's a ton of season left. If Debo ever gets banged up, and Kittle, for whatever reason, still working his way into the lineup, and Ayuk's the only target there, I think you know that's that's how he's going to find himself back on the right train tracks is uh, via injuries, which is kind of sad thing to say but that's just the way it looks to me right now absolutely right just needs a confidence booster he does
0: it's this one good game and then you continue rolling and the same with my one guy that i'm about to mention here and that's robbie anderson a guy that was being drafted right behind like everyone's like oh like why draft dj moore when i can have robbie anderson like sam darnold robbie anderson this connection this this, isn't that it's been so bad I mean, I think his only double-digit game this year was the 53-yard touchdown that he had in week one. Um, Other than that, he had nine targets this week and only caught three passes from Sam Darnold. And to me, that's just atrocious. He was dropping balls left and right. They just signed him to a two- or three-year deal this offseason. And it's like, I would have hope if he was a free agent this upcoming season and maybe – was going out there and going to be on a new team. But like the only hope I can see for Robbie Anderson, I'm not going to dwell on it too much, is that Deshaun Watson goes there. Like I just feel like this man is in eternal purgatory. Like he just cannot, he's just not going to be good. I don't know. I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk or Robbie Anderson. Probably Brandon Ayuk because he's five years younger, but they're both <laughs> a really bad options. Stinky, as Peter says.
1: Oh, stinky.
2: Yeah. No, I, no train ticket admission for those guys. Zero. Zero. Yeah. And then when the conductor does the little hole puncher thing, he, they flip it over and it just says bust. And they're like, Ooh. Oh, that's me. Yep. That's it me. It go my to my the ticket. back of the cart. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I think with Robbie, like the targets have been there, but they are Sam Darnold targets. So hasn't been the best, but <laughs> CMC's out Terrence uh, Terrace Marshall's out like if he can't make it happen right now it's never going to happen so we're not selling IUK right now just because he's so young and so talented and you're not going to get anything close to fair return I'm getting to the point with Robbie where I'm starting to consider third round picks like wow yeah like it's I mean if you could sneak a second out of there somehow like I, I don't know in what world that would be if you could great but if some, if I had Robbie Anderson and someone offered me two or three thirds, like I, I might just smash the accept button. Like we have a third round pick alert, dude, third round pick alert. Dude. I think it's just, I I think he's garbage, man. I think once CMC gets back, Terrace Marshall, um, you know, gets going in the second half of the season, DJ Moore is carrying his 29 point yeah. something target share. I think he's just irrelevant. Um, unless you're extremely desperate in your flex. Yeah. You know, Robbie, Got paid and said, you know what? I'm tired. I'm he's, he's I'm tired. I'm done.
1: I'm 28. I'm tired. Well, look, you know, it takes a lot out of you being the sun god. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Run running those verticals every game. Vernon needs to humble himself.
1: That was my favorite, uh my favorite offseason thing. We we won't digress too much. Favorite offseason topic was, oh, you know, Robbie's really gonna expand his route tree this season.
2: You know, he's, re- he's really looking to, to start working over the middle more. I mean, they did it last year and then just like the switch on over to Darnold's just kind of put him back in his Jets role where it's either down the field or it's there's not a target. So it's funky, man. But the whole thing grosses me out. He's like the grossest player to me out of all the ones we've talked about so far.
1: All right, Jace, your bust of the week.
2: Yeah, we kind of hinted at this one earlier. Um, We're back to the Packers here. Uh, Aaron Jones is my bust of the week. So this previous week, uh, he rushed the ball six times for 19 yards and caught five passes, uh, five out of five targets uh, for 20 yards. So not a great game by any uh, stretch of the imagination. But the biggest thing that I want to say here, if you're contending right now, this is your title year go get Aaron Jones for whatever you can get there. There might be a little dip going on right now, but there's no Devonte Adams this week. Um, no Alan Lazard, uh, AJ Dillon fumbled twice this past week and it's going to be the Aaron Jones, uh, show, uh, this upcoming Thursday and however long everyone stays, uh, on the COVID IR, but, uh, I wanted to touch really quick. I took a look into the last time Devonte Adams missed extended, um, amounts of time. And in 2019, he missed four weeks in between weeks, uh, five through eight. And in those four games without Devante, uh, Aaron Jones averaged six, uh, almost seven targets in the receiving game was catching five and a half of those targets and uh, went for seven touchdowns over four games. So um, Aaron Jones season is upon us. He will be fully unleashed. Um, I think he's going to touch the ball probably, I don't know, 25 to 27 times in this upcoming game. Fair. So,
1: Fair.
2: yeah, and if he has another three, four touchdown game, yeah. don't be surprised. The first game in 2019 when Devonte was gone, he went for four touchdowns. So um, for all you pl- uh, prop bettors, 10 bucks on two-plus touchdowns and 10 bucks on three-plus touchdowns. Let's make some money.
1: Wow. Hey, really quick, before Max gets into it, w- would you have any, like uh, – Do you think that there's viability to start both him and A.J. Dillon? Like, let's say you're cuffing and, like, a bye week's in. So, you have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Would you be willing to start both
2: of them at your running backs? That's so – Just because of the vacated targets. If you would have asked me the same – like, if the same scenario was going on last week before A.J. Dillon looked as bad as he did, yes. But after he looked that bad, like – I'm worried Aaron Jones is going to get every touch, and Dylan might, you know, run the ball five times. Um, They they just need to get on the right track. They're missing their best player, so I think they're just going to, you know, stick with who they got on the field. Go try to get a dub as soon as possible. I don't know how much Dylan will be a a part of the equation. Yeah, I I think
0: you brought up a lot of good points about Aaron Jones, and especially for like scoring touchdowns in the upcoming weeks and however long Adams is out. But to answer your question, Peter, there's no shot in the dark that i would ever start aaron jones and aj Dillon this week two thursday night players i'm not the biggest thursday Ooh, night fan wow. as it is big risk
1: big game
0: there's no big gain starting aj Dillon. <laughs> I, don't I think ty johnson's a better start than aj Dillon. he might be hurt right now too i think so um but aaron jones i, I really think if you're a contender and you're going for it all this year i think aaron jones is that perfect piece for you but I just I don't I don't like him pass this year. I can't get on board with him pass this year. I just don't see Rogers staying there, and I don't see him being
2: relative, honestly. See, I like to jump in. I really love him from a dynasty perspective. If I'm kind of like an older contender, like is this year the next one? Aaron Jones, like I think even if Rogers and Devontae leave, we're going to be looking at kind of like a Najee Harris situation where it might be inefficient. It might be kind of gross but I think he's going to get every single amount of work and you're just going to be chasing the volume and hoping his talent can shine through and do something with those touches. So I'm personally not as afraid. And I know he doesn't have a whole lot of wear on his tires because um, he was, you know, splitting carries with Jamal Williams for so long and people were constantly begging the past four years to fully unlock him. So I'm still a huge fan of his, but you know, that, that is the age 26, 27 when we start getting worried. So yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, any last points on our boom busts for the week? Negative, Peter. Mm-mm. Negative. All right, Negative. so we're gonna we're gonna get into our Rebuilder Special right now. We're looking for young guys that we feel like are trade targets within these next couple of weeks. Some guys that you can try to buy a little bit low on, or maybe if you are paying a premium, you know that there's going to be guaranteed work coming on the back end of them. Uh, and I feel like we should start and do the snake again. So, Chase, you're up for your Rebuilder special. And uh, let's hear who you got.
2: Yeah, I got uh, – we, we kind of teased this one earlier too, but I got T. Higgins um, going into this season and honestly still – actually, I don't know. Cooper Cup's probably overtaken him at this point. But going into the season, this was just my favorite fantasy asset in general. I don't know why. I love the name. I think it sounds good. He sounds alpha to me. Um, but I, I just I think it's been kind of a funky year for him, and um, he's been somewhat inefficient, dropped some passes, hasn't gotten um, some of the greatest targets in the world. So his target sheet, I mean, his stat sheet doesn't look good. But the underlying numbers in the context of the whole situation screams by right now to me. Um, I've said it all off season and through the course of the beginning of this season. They drafted him to become the next AJ green. And that is what he is, if not even bigger in the red zone. Um, you know, earlier this year, I was listening to a lot of analysts talk about, yeah, his catches might not be there, but he's a great red zone target. Well, all of that was going on while he was hurt. He missed two games and then he came back and he still hasn't played, um, above 70% of the snaps at this point. Um, I just think when he's fully healthy and playing 85-plus percent of the snaps, I think he's going to be the leading target in this offense. I think in full-point PPR, um, he's going to be as solid as it gets, probably five, six catches a week when everything's going right, if not more. But this past week is what I'm going to talk about. 67% of the snaps, 15 targets in this game. Um, He only caught seven passes for 62 yards, but 15 targets. Um, also this year, he played 91% of the snaps in week two and saw 10 targets. Um, I just think he's going to be a target monster for Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be the one that moves the sticks. I think, um, they want to use him that way and they want to reserve Jamar chase for all those big plays that he's been able to make. Um, they want them to complement each other. I think they do. I just think as PPR goes, um, I still want, I still want T Higgins, uh, really bad. So did you touch on what you would trade away for him? Oh, yeah. So I actually have a little list of some things that I'd be willing to send over for T. Higgins right now. Um, I'd send over a first rounder right now straight up. That might be uh, wrong to a lot of other people, but I'd still be willing to pay it. But in this current market, if people aren't really paying attention to those targets and the snap percentages and everything, you might be able to send a first rounder and get T+. Plus. Um, which would be great. You know, if you get T Higgins plus a second rounder or something like that, anything on top would be a cherry. Um, but I think fair value straight up. I would do Keenan Allen. You could probably get T Higgins plus quite a bit for Keenan Allen uh, for the right contender. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I'd send that straight up. I don't think you'd have any problem getting that one accepted. I think in the long run, T you'll definitely be better than Cortland with the quarterback situation. Uh, last two, I have two second rounders and two third rounders. Sometimes when you, send an access amount of picks. Um, You can sometimes get people to pull the trigger thinking it's more than uh, what it actually is. So um, package four draft picks over there and send it over. And then lastly, I would send Michael Pittman over there straight up. I think a lot of people might even have Pittman ranked higher, but I think at the end of the day, Pittman, um, you know, his target share is not what I want to see for being the quote unquote alpha in that offense. I think T might even be out targeting while missing two games and not even playing the full percentage of the snaps. So that's definitely a trade I'd be willing to capitalize on.
0: Yeah. I think those are all very good things. And I feel like those are all really doable. I don't know about the two seconds and two thirds, but you never know who's in your league. So it's, it's worth a shot. Peter would accept yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, is- <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll kick us off here as we wrap up the episode, but I'm going to do one player that I think is easy to get one player that I think's, Averagely hard to get and one player that's like tough to get, but I'd be willing to pay the price. And the first player that I want to talk about, I'm just going to do really quick on all these players here. They don't even know what I'm going to say here, but first player is Tony Pollard. I think Ezekiel Elliott is an injury away. I think Tony Pollard looks explosive. He looks great. That Dallas offensive line, they, they're, they're a super bowl contender team this year. And I think they will be smart and they'll say, Oh, we have Tony Pollard. We can keep him. And let Ezekiel Elliott walk. I think you can get Tony Pollard for a late second. Honestly, uh, do you guys think that's a fair price for him?
2: I, I don't know if you can send one over there. You might have to send two, but I'd still send two. You still send two for Tony Pollard? Yeah, Peter, would you? Hundred percent, hundred percent. You could even probably convince me of a late 2022 first. Honestly, with how this that draft class is looking yeah, to shake definitely. out. definitely it does not look like a great draft class.
0: Yeah, and I was just going to say that as well. And it's like, we've been told this for a while about how the 2022 class is not that strong. Like, you have Chris Olave, you have a couple of receivers. And as the time goes on and college football progresses and the draft combine and where these prospects land, obviously their draft stock will go up and people are going to need quarterbacks. And I'm sure we'll be taking Malik Willis or whatever his name is 101 this year. So, um, but I'd, I'd be willing to send a 2022 late first I guess I don't know I would feel more comfortable with like a second and a third but and then the guy that's more in the middle for me to go get is Javanta Williams um, I've expected him to break out a little more than he already has he's shown flashes in the receiving game and in the rushing game um, and I feel like Melvin Gordon it's just like the same thing as Zeke they're both getting older and I think Javanta they dra- they jumped the Dolphins to draft him they paid up to, they traded up to get him I, I would pay a 2022 first plus like Kenyon Drake, I, I don't know if you can get. Would Kenyon you do two Drake. first?
1: No, I wouldn't do two Ooh. first. Two first is like the limit. That, that's that's, that's the Vegas Boston? line. No, I'm saying that's the Vegas line. Yeah, I do. Two f- would you two do first, first?
2: Would be first? tough. Oh, what was it? A first and two seconds. <laughs> that's so. See ah! the thing. I think every week that I've gone on Twitter. Every week, I just see all these people. Happy Javanta Williams week. Happy Javanta Williams week. And, you know, we're heading into week eight here. And, you know, he's had a couple nice games, but it has not been Javanta Williams week yet. Melvin Gordon looks good out there. Like He does. Like, he looks good. He doesn't look his age. And I've seen a lot of other people um, on Contrarian Fantasy Football Twitter talking about it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Denver goes ahead and signs him again next season because they like what they've gotten. It. That's a good That's professional football Jones. move. That's the Aaron Jones move. Exactly. Exactly. Like I think those two work extremely well for their professional organization, but it just sucks for our fantasy rosters. So yeah, I have a hard time buying into him because I'm just I like Melvin Gordon might be there for quite some time of Javante's career. So yeah, I think the max I would give up instead of a first and two seconds, I think I could go a first and a second. That's probably max it for me. Definitely first and a second. I'm right
1: there with Jace.
0: And then my last player that I'm trying to acquire in every league, we touched on him a little bit earlier, or we were going to, we might've teased it, but that's Jerry Judy. We're oh, yeah. big Jerry Judy fans on this podcast. And. Oh. You might have missed the little. You might have missed the window, but it's right there as a roller coaster. He's about to take off. He's coming back from IR. Um, they're like I said last week or two weeks ago. Denver Broncos. They're not going to stay in mediocrity. They're going to go out. They're going to make a run for Rodgers. They're going to make a run for Watson or whoever it is. They want to win football games. And Jerry Judy is such a tremendous route runner that I would go out and pay a twenty twenty. I'd pay. I'd probably pay two first for Jerry Judy. I'd pay two first in a
2: heartbeat. Like no question. Like Week I one, 47% of the snaps, not even half the football game, seven targets, six catches, 72 yards. Wow. That was half a football game, not even. So, yeah. like. You can take it to the house whenever. And one more <laughs> thing, Peter, before you, before you go.
0: I just feel like, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, here's what I would, I would pay. Would you guys pay the one? If you knew that you had the 101 next year, would you pay that for Jerry Judy? Absolutely not. I would. I would pay it for Jerry. I, I would,
1: would hold on to that one oh one pick and, and just hold it until it reaches its maturity.
2: And then that, then sell it that for might fortune. be, yeah, that might be the smart move because that rookie fever does, it'll be nice to, we <laughs> should dangerous. remind ourselves of how, how much dog duty we're talking on this 2022 class, because once it's rookie season, like we're going to be all over these guys. But that's probably the smartest thing to do. You know, Jerry Judy is coming off an injury. All he does is need to reaggravate it, and that stock goes yeah. back down, and he's not worth it. But And he also does have to compete there with Cortland Sutton and whatever quarterback play they're working with. But, oh, man, like I love Jerry Judy. I have him on one team. It's a redraft roster. Like him in Dynasty just, like, makes my mouth water.
1: All right. We are going to get into my uh, Rebuilder special player. And again, bias is going to be right up front. I am <laughs> absolutely infatuated with this player. I think he was the steal of the draft this past season in dynasty and redraft together. Now, he did not have a great start to the season due to injury. But I'm going to read you off his score sheet in games that he has been healthy this year. In 100% healthy games. So he had 16 and a half in week one. And then, and these are all in half point PPR. 16 and a half in week one and 14 and a half in week seven. From week two through week six, he has been nursing multiple different kinds of injuries, right? These are still the points that he put up in those games 16 and a half, eight and a half, 14 and a half, 14 and a half, 14 and a half. He scored 14 and a half three weeks in a row. Consistent, right? Consistent, Consistent right? right. <laughs> now, I'm talking about. Mr. Josh Jacobs, he is 23 years old. He looked great this past week. He was completely 100% healthy. He had 14 points at the half. He had uh, six rushes for 30 yards, three receptions for 40 yards. He is getting more involved in that passing game. I don't know if it's the new, op- uh, the new head coach getting him more involved. That way, if Derek Carr is just more likely to check it down now, it's Josh Jacobs feeling more comfortable that he's able to catch the ball I don't know what it is, but he has been unlocked. As unlocked as somebody who isn't unlocked can be unlocked, if that makes sense. My brain's all over the place.
2: (laughs) I'm on the same wavelength.
1: I see Josh Jacobs. Uh, He has a bye this week. Mm -hmm. He's going to heal up that chest. I know they just pulled him as a precautionary measure, just in case they realized they were going to smoke the Eagles. Why risk them? Then they have the Giants. Kansas City and Cincinnati, all pretty easy run defenses for him Mm -hmm. to completely boom against. He does have a little bit harder end of the year schedule, but this is definitely for a rebuilder. And again, he is 23 years old. He has been the he's been a top 12 running back the last two seasons. And right now, despite missing two games and being injured for, I believe, two halves of football. So basically two and a half games, he's been injured. He's the running back 22 on the year. He has three consecutive games with a touchdown scored. And when the Raiders win, he definitely puts out fantasy value every single time. Wow. I don't think you need to say – I don't think
0: we could say much else. That was a pretty convincing argument, Peter.
2: Yeah. No, I think um, like all offseason, it was gross. He was just so gross to – I mean – me and Max, I know, wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole, but Peter is always sitting there like, hey, you can you can throw him right on over to my roster. I'll take him. He's only 22. He's only 23. And, you know, right now that looks good, man, and he does look good. And the biggest thing for me is that, that receiving work that you're talking about. Um, at the beginning of the season, Kenyon Drake was definitely getting his fair share of receptions, but the trend lately has been Jacobs in the passing game. Um, this – Previous week, I don't know if you uh, mentioned the exact number, but 36% of the snaps, so, like, not even close to half the game. Still got three targets, caught all three of them, and turned it into 39 yards. In weeks four and five, five targets per game. So, yeah, man, like, I think this is a perfect rebuilding running back. You're not going to really care too much about what he does this year, but you're just hoping Kenyon Drake uh, finishes out his contract, I believe, at the end of next season. Gets his way out of uh, Vegas. The backfield is Jacobs, and he becomes that true three down back when he's 25, 26 years old, right in the prime of his career. He is a perma hold for me. I'd be perfectly
1: comfortable. I know uh, I have this one tool where I can see what players are going for on sleeper and like, similar leagues. Nice. Uh, and Josh Jacobs is going for like, 2022 20, first. I saw two 2022 20, seconds. I've no seen way. so much. A lot of people are very fed up with his injury history and him not, you know, being hurt this week. He's going to be on the bye. Look now, now is the time before he faces these three cupcake defenses.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that one, man. That's a good one. It. If you would have asked me like what, three, four months ago, I'd be like, you bro, get Josh Jacobs out of here. But no, the, the switch is flipped, man. I want him too. if I'm not contending right now, I want him for sure. Well, I think you made some good points, Peter. You're
0: going to get us some offers in the Dynasty Monarchy
2: League for Josh Jacobs now. Would you rather have Javonta Williams or Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. I think I'd rather have Jacobs too, man. He's just consistent.
0: I'd probably rather have Jacobs.
2: I I never thought I'd
1: say that, but I'd rather have Jacobs. Look, I'm, I'm not here to call out the other Monarchs, but during the draft season, everyone was like, PJ, why do you want us to draft Josh Jacobs? I was like, listen, this is my pick. Mm -hmm. He just let me have this please
2: Mm -hmm. when you believe you believe you got it man ask ted lasso all you got to do is believe you hear that little silver bell with josh jacobs you were hearing it still maybe i do love the polar express
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right that is going to wrap it up for our rebuilder special uh we have two very quick segments. I'm going to have my quote and then we are going to do hit or miss of the week. Uh, So for the quote from a fellow monarch, I am taking some inspiration from George R. R. Martin's a song of ice and fire, specifically clash of Kings, the second book. uh, And this is a riddle from Lord Varys.
2: Mm.
1: All right. (laughs) In a room sits three great men, a King, a priest, and a rich man with his gold. Between them stands a sellsword, a little man of common birth and no great mind. Each of the great ones bid him slay the other two. Do it, says the king, for I am your lawful ruler. Do it, says the priest, for I command you in the name of gods. Do it, says the rich man, and all the gold of mine shall be yours. So tell me who lives and who dies, right? This is, this is a question that there is no answer to. You know why? Because the people who live and the people who die, we look at these three men, these three great men, and everybody thinks that they have power. But really, you're the one with power. You are the self sword, and you decide based on what you believe in. So when you're talking to all wow. these owners who have all these great assets, you know, one's going to say, oh, do this. One's going to say, oh, do that. One's going to say, oh, do this. Just know at the end of the day, you definitely have power over anybody you're negotiating with. Uh, When when in the context of whatever it's going for, especially with these young guys that really don't mean much. Lord Varys also says, you know, small men can cast very large shadows. It's just the way the world works. Mm -hmm. Look at at all of these young rebuilding players like Josh Jacobs, uh, like, any T Higgins, all these guys that are a little bit smaller, these sellsword kind of types that don't command a lot of respect sooner or later, they might be come in and all the respect in the world when they're needed. So go yeah. and make those deals now.
2: Yeah, that was excellent, dude. That was like excellent. It, you got our listeners on the edge of their seat. That all was right.
1: Chase, give me your hit and miss of the week.
2: Oh, let's see. Hit of the week would probably be uh, getting our first sponsor on the show, you know, (laughs) moving up a little bit in the world. That's probably mine. So shout out to Game Day Liner one more time, Um, Dynasty 21 to get 15% off your order. Um, I think my miss of the week, it's kind of been over the last two weeks. I am about to graduate from Arizona State University, and I have just been getting punched in the mouth with school (laughs) lately um absolutely slaughtered by homework assignments so that is that's definitely my miss i can't wait to free up and actually get some time to really dive into these stats and stuff like that
1: all right max your hit and miss of the week
2: yeah my hit of the week
0: i had a really probably my best fantasy week in a while i think i won like nine out of ten games or something like that so very good uh good week for me and then my miss of the week is just my two player prop bets that I had on the player prop show were Brandon Ayuk and Alan Robinson's over for both their receiving mm. yards. And That's I don't cool. think them combined had more than 30 receiving yards. I think Brandon Ayuk had six and Alan Robinson had 22. So just very, big very, stink. very Big stink. <laughs> uh, big stink.
1: All right. Uh, my hit of the week, I was talking to my halal truck guy. I don't know anybody that doesn't live in a city. There's basically these just like food carts. Uh, everywhere and the local halal truck guys from the middle east talking about moving his family here and how blessed he is to be in america he works seven days a week for 10 hours a day sitting in that hot halal truck all day and i thought to myself you know how lucky we are to be blessed with fantasy football in our lives and that being something that we stress about seriously right so hit of the week was definitely getting closer with my halal guy uh shout out shalom shout out shout out Great guy, uh, but uh, definitely really, really great to uh, just understand how grateful we all are that we can really play this game. Yeah. Uh, for you know, and stress about it. There there's bigger things in the world to stress about than fantasy. Uh, and then my miss of the week was definitely being in the middle of a busy season client for my accounting firm. I work pretty late, but you know what? If I didn't have the podcast, I'd probably be going nuts right now. So.
2: Big facts, man. Appreciate you pushing through it, man. Same to you, Mr. Graduate to be. We're almost done, man. You know, maybe one day this will be the only thing we got to do. And uh, oh. that'd, that'd be fantastic. Some not, could only not, hope. Not, not maybe. I'm not hoping. One day it will be. That's right. Let's manifest that. Put it out into the universe. All sure. right.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening. Shout out to the Dynasty Monarchy Listener League members for all their positive vibes and inspirations throughout the week wanted to give one more shout out to game day liner remember it is super versatile uh and it is the original turf truck bed liner visit gamedayliner.com and use the code dynasty 21 to score 15 percent off your custom liner remember that's dynasty 21 at gamedayliner.com uh follow us on twitter give us a rating on apple pod spotify and with that being said, bye, everyone. We'll see you
2: on Saturday for another player prop show. Uh, armchair, we're coming for you this week, buddy. We're coming Woo. for you. Get ready. <laughs> uh, right. Peace. Peace out, everyone. Peace, peace, peace.
1: Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens!